All right, I want you to be honest. How many of you searched for something this Christmas? See some hands there, a few of you in the audience. You've been looking for stuff this Christmas. And you know, since the very beginning, everyone was looking for something. And that's what happened at Christmas, was that at the very beginning, we had Mary, who was told that she would bear a child. Yet she was unwed and still a virgin. And then we had Joseph, who was about to be married to Mary. And he was told that your fiance is going to have a baby. And he didn't know what to do. They searched for understanding. And later on, they searched for a place to have their baby. And then we have the shepherds in the field. And you can imagine as the whole host of God came down from heaven and stood before those shepherds and told them, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And then they went searching for something. They went searching for Jesus. And the Magi followed a star from a long way off, searching for the king of the Jews, the one whom they would worship. And also searching for the king of the Jews was Herod. But he was looking for his competition so that he could eliminate him. No matter how much they understood, no matter how much they they got what was going on during that first Christmas morning when Jesus was born, no matter how much it dawned on them that the Savior of the world had just entered in the form of a baby, God knew what he was doing. God knew that his plan would go forward and his plan had to happen. In fact, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, there's a little glimpse of the offspring of the woman being the one to oppose the serpent. And you get just a hint of this happening and knowing that it was coming. But the truth of Christmas is this, that it is not up to us <laughs> Which is pretty good, right? If some of us were tasked with making the Christmas meal happen or wrapping the gifts, things that I'm just horrible at. Christmas is not up to us. <laughs> Christmas has always been up to God. The truth of Christmas is up to God, and it is the gift. Luke one thirty seven says, For no word of God will ever fail. Ever. That everything God said would happen, happened just as he said it would. And that's why we have Christmas. God came into the world to dwell among us so that we would know what God is like. He entered the world among a group of people who were all looking for something, who were all searching for meaning and understanding, searching their own way and and through what was going on in their culture. And the very heart of the story of Christmas reflects truly on the very heart of God. Who he is, who he came to, what he was doing in that very moment. And our part, and yes, we do play a part, is unwrapping God's gift to us in Jesus, that God gave us Christ. So let me go back to my first question. What are you looking for this Christmas? Maybe there's a certain tradition you always have. Maybe there's a certain food group that you always prefer being served over Christmas. Maybe it's just getting loved ones together, which as families grow and and dynamics change, it's hard to do that. Maybe it's a service on Christmas Eve, Eve, in the evening, where I know we haven't done this year, and 
That's kind of how that goes. But whatever the tradition is that you look forward to, what what are you really looking for this Christmas? The answer of this question is directly related to how you're going to experience Christmas, is it not? That whether or not you get what you were looking for or find what you were searching up, that your experience will be determined by the outcome of that search. So I'm going to tell you tonight as we go through this that you can have the very best Christmas. You can have the Christmas that God has planned for you regardless of your situation. And I'm going to tell you how. Because God has something that you can count on. He has something that you can trust in and something that you can know. And so as we look at the Christmas gift this morning, I want to talk about the four truths about God's gift, his unfailing gift, four things that are so rock solid you can count on them, that regardless of what happens during your Christmas celebration, you can know the very best Christmas that you invest in. The hope is that this one gift is unshakable. Would you bow with me as I pray? Heavenly Father, as we open up your scriptures, your word that's unfailing, as we look into what this gift might be and how it is that you are working in and through us on Christmas and all the things that we celebrate, God, would you meet us where we're each at? That wherever we are at, spiritually, emotionally, physically, God, that we come in different places but yet all looking for something. May you meet us and show us the gift that you intended the world to know with the birth of Christ. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The first truth about the gift of Christ is that the gift is Jesus. The gift is Jesus. Now, it might go without saying that that's true. And if you're here at church or you're watching online or or checking with us here some way, shape, or form, maybe you're in the patio or the great room. Yes, you would expect that the pastor on Christmas would say that the gift is Jesus. But think deeply about this. This is really important. This is true about Christmas no matter what else will happen, right? That no matter what else will happen, no matter what the outcome is of your personal Christmas celebration, the expectations you have or don't have, that Jesus is the truth of God. He is the gift that we have from God. And no matter what happens, no matter what what, what goes on, this is good news because you know what? (laughs) Stuff happens. Almost every one of us has been touched by some kind of illness or injury or loss or some change of plan, or something didn't go quite right. So when you can say that you can count on one thing, that's good news. And we can count on the gift being Jesus. You know, it's one thing to know Christmas is about Jesus, but it's an entirely different thing to expect that and invest in it. So if you've ever said a phrase like this to yourself, oh, I knew better, (laughs) and yet you still did the thing that caused the issue that you're dealing with in that moment. The issue is that you didn't do what you knew to do. Because sometimes we can know something, and it can be in our minds and in our hearts, we're like, yep, we know it. But we fail to act on it. And if the gift truly is Jesus, are our intentions, our motivations, our hope is everything that we long for to happen at Christmas? Is that where it's invested? 
it's okay to be disappointed in things that happen at Christmas that you don't expect. But if you put all of your energy into that one thing that's not quite sure, it could be a difficult Christmas. But that's the beauty of who Jesus is, is that we can invest everything we are into the truth that he is the gift God gave to the world. And regardless of what happens, he's there for us. You know, 700 years roughly before Jesus's birth, the prophet Isaiah came on the scene to talk about who Jesus was to be. He saw into the future what would happen. And he talks about this in a verse that's very famously read on Christmas. And it's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You know, one thing you'll notice if you pay close attention to this verse is the direction that the verse is headed towards. It repeats the phrase, to us. Because God's gift was to us. God's gift was for us. And the next thing that said is the gift is Jesus. And then it goes on to talk about the result of Jesus being that gift. The government shall be on his shoulder. Uh, the word in, in Hebrew has to do with uh, uh, almost status or right rule. So like the rank of an official, of a top-ranking official would be on the shoulder, that that person would have authority. And that's what Jesus will have, is full authority. And then it talks about his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Um, again, the English doesn't do this much justice, but that word wonderful actually means better translated miraculous. That the kind of uh, news that Jesus is going to give, the kind of counsel that he'll offer to people will be so life-changing that when he speaks, you can't help but be different. Miraculous counselor. The mighty God, that, that word would translate even better heroic. That there's no stopping him. That Jesus is unstoppable and everlasting father. That forever, the care and nurture of a father, the steady care of our lives, the way that God looks over and, and just watches over us. That's an everlasting trait of his and Prince of Peace. The word for peace there is shalom, which doesn't mean absence of war. It does, but it also means wholeness, that everything is right, that everything is the way it should be. It's a word that's just far encompassing. It means that all is good. And this is who Jesus is. But those are the results of the gift. This is a really important distinction. The results of the gifts are everything that I just read to you about Jesus's reign and rule, his counsel, his mightiness, his everlasting care for us. Those are all the results, but the gift is Jesus. And the rest comes with him. As you heard, just read a little earlier, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Again, the direction is the world. God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life, have eternal life. So do you notice the order here too? First is the son was given. Then the everlasting life came. Here's why this is so important. Because we sometimes get this wrong. Sometimes we focus on 
the result of the gift so much that we miss the actual gift. The gift is not, and it comes with eternal life. It comes with this peace that that Jesus brings into our life. It comes with all these things, but the gift is Jesus Christ himself. It's the relationship that we get to have with him. He's the gift. The rest falls into order because we have him. The direction was to the world and the result is all the benefit and blessing that comes with God dwelling among us. We can't miss that gift. The next truth is that the gift is unexpected. So as I said earlier, it's not up to us. Christmas, it's not up to us. It cannot be compromised by illness or death or, or any th- travel emergencies. It can't, Christmas can't be compromised by things of the world. We will never have it be stopped or changed by any person because what God says happens. And it is God's plan and purpose. And that is as sure as God is. And it's also, <laughs> it's unexpected. Um, how many of you have ever received a gift where you weren't very excited about it? You know what I'm talking about. So uh, a few years ago, I, I got socks for Christmas, a pair of wool socks. And I opened them up and I was trying to be excited about them because the person who gave them to me was really excited to give them to me. And in my head, I'm thinking, socks, are you kidding me? Like I'm a cotton sock kind of guy. And I, you know, I can probably buy six pairs of cotton socks for the price of one pair of wool socks. And I was, you know, in my heart, a little bit salty about it. And I was like, oh yeah, thanks. This is a great Christmas gift. And you're thinking about how much money I get for return them. And, and, and you know, all this stuff, if you ever got that gift and I'm sure you have or will. And then I decided to, to take a chance on them. So I put them on and they changed my life. Not even kidding. Cotton socks became the staple in my drawer. I started asking for them for every Christmas and birthday, cycling out all my cotton, putting all my wool socks on, and I loved them. They were great. What I was not looking for and I didn't ask for changed my life. Okay, silly sort of way, cotton socks versus wool socks. What I was looking for was not that. I didn't ask for that, but it had a huge impact on me in my wardrobe world on a small scale. You see, that's how the gift of God works in our life. It's unexpected that sometimes we're not looking for God. Sometimes we don't expect him. And when we actually receive him, we're kind of like, oh yeah, that's nice. But you're thinking about the next thing and you're, oh, what I really need is this. And, but then once you decide to cross the line and say, you know what? I'm going to try God. He changes lives. This is how God gives. He gives in unexpected and life-changing ways. You heard this read earlier, Luke 2, 8 through 14, part of the Christmas story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared 
with the angel, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Not only is God's gift unexpected sometimes, it usually disturbs us before it blesses us. Think about the entire Christmas narrative. (laughs) Hey, Mary, you're going to be pregnant. Hey, Joseph, you're going to be a dad. Very disturbing, given their circumstance. The shepherds were scared out of their minds. (laughs) They were terrified. But sometimes God's gift to us is a little disturbing before it's a blessing. The announcement of this was also very unexpected. God didn't go and put this out there for everyone to hear. He went to the shepherds. He announced to those who in their culture and their community were the lowest of the low in terms of the employment scale, that you usually worked a job living out in the fields, tending the sheep, not because you had great favor with the community, but because you were somewhat outcast. And that's who God sent messengers to. You see, God doesn't give how we would expect. And God's gift changes our life. Two very interesting truths. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 53 too. He said this about who Jesus would grow to become. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. You see, God's gift is the most unassuming gift under the tree. (laughs) That when you look at all the gifts, and and I kind of like to give gifts this way, I'll I'll find the biggest box ever for the smallest gift, and then I'll put heavy things in there or things that make a lot of noise and then try to make my wife and kids guess what these things are. And I love playing that game. It's so fun for me. And and she's not in the service, so I'm not going to say this, I think in the third service when she comes. Um, but, but when my family opens gifts, they're always evaluating, okay, what does this one look like? Should I open that one? Um, I can tell dad wrapped that one and mom wrapped this one. And we look at the outside of it. But if you look at the outside of the Christmas story, ah, if you look at how Jesus came, who he was born to, where he was born, who he grew up to be, he was not somebody that the world would be like, yes, he's the greatest gift ever. God sends unexpected gifts, but don't let the wrapping paper fool you, right? That Jesus, very unexpected, very unassuming, humble in all means of the word, came as a gift from God to us. The third truth is this. The gift is love. The gift is love. Um, Tim Keller was a prolific author and pastor, uh, just recently passed away. He said this about love, and this quote sticks with me. He said that to be loved and not known is good, but it's kind of superficial. Someone can love you, but they don't really know you. That feels good, but it's, it's only surface deep. To be known and not loved is everyone's deepest fear. But to be fully known and fully loved, that is perfection. You see, when God sent Jesus into this world, he did so to know us and for us to know him. He came knowing full well that the world was condemnable. 
He came knowing what would happen to his son when he sent him into the world. He sent Jesus completely understanding what humanity was up to. And yet he still loved us. He still sent Jesus. Look with me at verses 16 and 17 of John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He could have. The world was deserving of it. He could have sent Jesus to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Do you hear the love in that? That God fully knew who he was sending Jesus to. He fully understands us, and yet he sends Jesus anyway. And that is pure love. The world unleashed its worst on Jesus. And yet God did not stop loving us. We all know that we fall short. We all know that we make mistakes and screw things up and we don't want people to know about certain things because our greatest fear is that somebody will find something out about us and that we won't be loved. That's why social media is the way it is. You post your best 10% and you're worried if someone sees you in not the same light that, oh, how are they gonna think about me? How are they gonna feel about me? Because we want to be fully known and fully loved and God did both in sending Jesus. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us in this, that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We have Christmas, the birth of Jesus, and Easter's coming eventually too. But God gives us at Christmas this gift, and it's like having a blank check cash at Easter, that we can say, you know what? God, you make good on your promise to love me fully to the very end by sending your son to die on the cross and pay for my sins. And that is the beauty of what Christmas is all about. It's the love of God sent into the world. The gift is Jesus. The gift is unexpected. The gift is love. And the fourth one, I don't want you to miss this now. The gift is relational. The gift is relational. This is so important. It may sound wrong when I say this, but I want you to think through this with me. Gifts are conditional. Gifts are conditional. Okay, well, Pastor Dave, how, how do you reckon that? Um, God, when God gives, his gift is for everyone without discrimination. When God gives, you don't have to even ask him for that. He sent his son while we were yet still sinners. When God gives, his gift has full power to change lives for whoever receives it. And it always delivers on what God says it will do. This is the gift. But the gift is not a thing. The gift is a person. And with any gift... You can have it under the tree and it could be great to look at and see and know that it's there. But the condition is this, you have to open it. You have to receive it. And God didn't send a package with a thing in it. He sent his son into the world. And so to receive God's son 
means to be in relationship with him. So I hope you're hearing me on this, that this Christmas, to know God, to experience the fullness of the gift, the unshakable, unstoppable, amazing gift that he gave, to experience that requires us to be in relationship with Jesus. God incarnate, God who came in the flesh to know us, to love us, to experience that we have to connect with him and accept him. And some of you in this room, maybe you've never crossed that line. Maybe you've, you've known about that. You've known about who Jesus is, but you've never said, I want to make you my Lord and Savior. I want a relationship with you. And if that's you, the Bible's really clear. It just says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You will have that relationship with Jesus. And maybe some of us in this room have to just refocus because something happened this Christmas already and you're already a little bit disappointed and you need to refocus to that unshakable Christmas gift and say, you know what, God, no matter what happens, And folks, I know things are happening. As a pastor, I know that some of you are watching online at home, sick in your bed. I know that some people are are loved ones who are sick or are having all these difficult things that are taking place in life. And I know that these, these things creep in and distract us and they're really hard. But the truth is no matter what happens, we can't change Christmas because Christmas is all about Christ. And Jesus came as God said he would. He died as God said he would. He rose as God said he would, and he's coming back again. And we may need to just say, you know what, no matter what happens this Christmas, and it could be a tough one for you, Jesus is the greatest gift. He is the greatest gift. Would you bow with me as I pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending us your son, Jesus Christ. You gave us the best gift, the only one that's unshakable, unmovable, unstoppable, that he is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. And by having a relationship with him, we get the benefit of knowing God and all that comes with that relationship. And I pray, Lord, that regardless of where we're at, today, Lord, that you would lead us closer into relationship with you, that our Christmas would be characterized by Christ and nothing else. So God, give us that relationship and all that comes with it. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.